Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. To another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the Sisyphean Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Feeling pretty good that I went to an institute of higher education that actually taught me what Sisyphean means. I didn't know how to pronounce it until you said it. But I also know that it was Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill, and the rock kept rolling back down. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that is the analogy of my life, Ben. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's why I picked it. Yeah, because I look at it, I said, there's a guy who struggles every day and never gets ahead, right? Takes his eye off the ball for one second, and the ball just goes rolling all the way down the hill. I mean, the man can't catch a break, but, but that doesn't stop him from doing the same dumb thing over and over again, right? Keeps pushing that ball up the hill. Everybody gets excited that the ball's all the way up and then, oh, it rolls all the way back down. Kind of like the 2023 San Francisco Giants. And this is kind of a broken record. That's why I picked Sisyphean as your word, Matthew. It's like every week we come back and we're like, they were good. And then they weren't. And then they were good. And then they weren't. <laughs> I, I, Yeah. And I think before we went on air today, you uh, you said something like, hey, well, it, at least they had a winning week. And I, I swear to God, you were wrong. I was like, no, they didn't have a winning week. It was 500. Yeah, And then you had to point out that they swept the Rockies and then won one out of three from uh, the Cubs. And I was like, oh, yeah, we did win four out of two. It doesn't feel that way at all. Right. Four out of six, I went four and two, yes. And that's because it felt like a 500 week. It did. Yeah. Of course, it would have been 500 if we hadn't, you know, got three runs in the ninth in Colorado, to, which we never do. We never do that, so... Yeah, well, you know, I mean... I bet you to guess most teams don't do that, but, uh, you know, feels like the Giants never do it. I mean, they probably also would have won on Saturday against Hendricks because obviously, but no, instead, (laughs) they almost got no hit for the second time on my birthday, in my (laughs) lifetime, in my adult (laughs) lifetime. You know, you know, I mean, that's, there I was, Matthew. It's my birthday afternoon. I had, uh, I'd already had some cocktails at that point. And, uh, and I, you know, I passed out, I mean, took a nap on the couch and I wake up and Hendrix is getting the last out in the seventh of an, of a, of a, uh, of a no hitter. And I'm like, what the, what the, what the bleep? And I'm like, it is not happening again. (laughs) This is not happening again. The Giants are not going to be no hit on my birthday again. And then, you know what happens? Good old Mitch. Mitch comes up, he hits a double, and suddenly I'm feeling good. This is also the 2023 Giants, right? Right, right. It's 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 weird that you're like you felt good after that double. Like that was yeah. the best outcome that could happen that day. Yeah, I felt good. Not that they good. win the game. <laughs> no, they got one measly hit. Uh, there was like that was the, there was only two good things about that game. Sean Manea, who was for some reason pitching after Junis. Right. Manea's had all these great outings. He's fine. He looks like he's finally turned things around. He's like, he's the guy. Maybe they should start putting him back in the starting rotation. No, instead, he's behind Jacob Junis. They, they, they had a plan, Ben. They had yeah, a plan. they had a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess the plan was let's lose because that's that's what happened. Ah, well, anyway, Matthew, I, I have a question for you, but I think we've already beat this to this horse to death already. But uh, here's my question for you. OK. Matthew, do you like doing the same thing over and over again without making any progress? No, we, we know the no. answer. No, uh, but I've gotten really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
parenting. You know, I mean, that's I, I look back at lots of facets of my life. Parenting, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just lots mm-hmm. of ways that, mm-hmm. that, yes, doing the same thing over and over again without making any progress. Your modeling and, uh, career? Yes, that too. That mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My podcasting career. You know, <laughs> hey, just, uh, I think you're getting better. Oh, thanks. Anyway, <laughs> today is Sunday, June 11th, as we record this podcast. As we already mentioned, the San Francisco Giants went four and two this week. A winning week! Uh, you know, I mean, it was a winning week against two very bad teams. Um, they almost got, they almost did a sweep and then got swept, which, which would not have been good, but they didn't. They won. They won four of six games. They're one game above 500 because of course they are, because it's the 2023 Giants. Uh, they're 33 and 32. Uh, where do they stand in the standings? Let's see here. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Colorado's at the bottom, as expected. 14 games out. Then we got the, oh, the Padres. Hey, Bob, it's the Padres. The Padres are gonna Padre. Indeed. Um, uh, although I will say this, Bob, their run differential is better than the Giants, but not their record. They're two games behind the Giants and nine games out. Then the San Francisco Giants. Here they are. Third place in the National League West. Seven games out of first place. One game over 500. Uh, let's see. Three and a half games behind. Wait, what? Wait, what? Three and a half games. That means behind the Dodgers. Which means the Dodgers are three and a half games out behind the. Wait, there's only one other team in the National League. What is that real? What is happening? What is happening? Why are the D-bags in first place by three and a half games? Like, I looked at this two weeks ago. They were above average in record, but they had a run differential of zero. They were just, they were just lucky. What well, they is went eight and on? two in the last ten games. That's what happened. <laughs> now they have the seventh best run differential in all of Major League Baseball? They're so like... Sean Estes said that they were uh, a pretender, though. And that they were oh, are they? Back, okay, yeah. good. Uh, well, so, if Sean said so. Yeah. Then, then it must be true. Okay. Until it's not, right? I mean, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true. And it is the Arizona. Uh, it is the D-bags. So, you know, I mean, like, it can't possibly be true. Uh, but there it is in black and white, three and a half games ahead of the Dodgers. Let's check the wild card standings here. Uh, hey, the Giants are on the bubble. I mean, half they're on the outside out. of the bubble. Half game out of a wild card spot, Ben. Behind the Brewers and and the Marlins, who have been surging with their negative twenty run differential, <laughs> and in the first wild card spot is the Dodgers, because obviously, yeah. ah, well, there you have it. There's the standings. The Marlins um, won another one run game today, so it's uh, <laughs> they are the luckiest team in in the majors right now. It's basically yeah, they're like they, they're like fifteen and three in one run games. Yeah, or something I think they're ridiculous. almost yeah they're like they're like almost fifteen games over five hundred in one run games. Not quite that, but very very close. Um, yeah, you and I you and I bantered about this a little bit offline, and I did all this kinds of math, and it was like they they're when they lose they lose by four point seven runs per game. But when they win, they win by 2.2 games per game, two runs per game. The Marlins do. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's good to know that baseball makes no sense for other teams as well. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. This is the part where I'm looking at you, Bob. Okay, right? Because the bit's over, right? We're not doing the bit anymore. Right. Yeah, I think Bob has decided that he, he doesn't really give a rat's ass yeah, about he Carlos doesn't care, Correa. He doesn't care about Carlos Correa. Well, Carlos is is better than Mitch Haniger, and uh, and and he's closing in on Conforto. Because <laughs> because right, well, uh, yeah. Conforto, you know, after we sung his praises and all of that, he just kind of disappeared for a little while. I mean, he's had a couple big games, but the games where he is not doing, you know, he's had a lot of games where he's done nothing. Mitch Haniger is still missing, although he did hit that double in the in the no hitter and the near no hitter um and so thank you for that mitch uh but i have a new bit i'm gonna do and that is called the tyros because matthew i found a word called tyro t-y-r-o oh not like tyro estrada not like tyro estrada 
Um, but like, well, I don't know what the etymology of the word is, and I'm not going to take the time to figure it out, but I will tell you what the word means as soon as I look it up myself. Tyro means beginner or novice. Someone who's, who's new. One might call them a rookie. So I thought we could talk about how all of the rookies are doing, right? Because we got all these exciting rookies on the team. You know, we've talked about it a bunch. And I thought it was also clever because we got a guy whose name is Tyro. So we could review how are the Tyros doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So I thought, so I'm just, I'm just going to keep this to the offensive side of the thing, of things, right? So okay. like, you know, rookie Because that's all the Giants are. care about anyway. That's true. They only care about hitting. Uh, so let's talk about your favorite, Blake, uh, Rule 5 draftee Sable. Um, and then how he's been doing recently. Um, doing awesome. I'm, well, su- I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. On Saturday, he, uh, he got hit in the face by a curveball thrown by Sean Manea. Completely missed it. <laughs> Damn Just good curveball. Completely curve missed it. <laughs> maybe, maybe he got crossed up. Maybe he was expecting a fastball or something uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe. It looked like he just missed. It just whacked him right. And then, you know, of course, it's like he just got hit in the head by a ball. So he kind of like stumbles over and the umpire like reaches out for him. The umpire, who was, I believe, in his third major league game ever, his first game behind the plate was almost a no hitter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so 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 there's Blake, you know, doing the good old um, catching of the ball. I did. I did look at some stats on baseball savant. Uh, let's see. You know, it's a, a baseball stat site yeah run by major league baseball of, of all organizations and uh that is actually where blake struggles the most at catching the ball is is uh is the top part of the zone and above the zone so so it's not a surprise that he missed that ball um but yeah he did that on the same day that joey bart was optioned to triple a we're going to talk a lot about that later um but also um he hasn't been hitting very well for the past couple weeks he's making farhan look really bad um but you know what? He's not the only one, because now we're going to talk about Casey Schmidt. He was bad two weeks ago. He was worse this week, although he did have a good day today. So did Blake Sable, by the way. Yeah. So they might be pulling out of it. But until today, they've been having some bad runs. Um, let's see. Casey still only has one walk in his entire career. Um, <laughs> his Hall of Fame candidacy might be in jeopardy. I might have jumped the gun on that a little bit. Maybe, just a bit. Maybe, maybe. He's still uh, young, though. Still young. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot of career left to do. I, I could still be right. I could still be right. You know what? I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say he is still in the Hall of Fame. He's still a Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, and then uh, Patrick Bailey. You know, the news is not so bad here. Uh, he did get another walk this past week. Um, and uh, while he didn't any, hit any home runs, he has been still marginally productive at the plate, um, and he has been very good behind the plate. Um, uh, some might say he's uh, he's the best catcher in the organization, and um, we'll see. We'll find out who might say that later. Uh, and then there's Tyro, the actual Tyro, the Tyro Tyro, who is not a newbie, but is Tyro. And, uh, you know, he's still kind of getting back into the swing of things, but he had a very good first day back um, when against Colorado. And then he had a good day uh, um, today when he hit uh, two home runs. <laughs> so, not bad. Not a bad day. Uh, yeah, not a bad day. Not a bad day. So anyway, that's the Tyros, Matthew. Or Bob. Tyro hit that home run, the second home run, right to where uh, you used to sit with your season tickets. That's right. That's right. 20 years ago, that could have been me. (laughs) Yeah, then I had kids and just, yeah. Season tickets and children don't mix. Anyway, Matthew, it's time for the trivia question. Yes, the trivia question. And staying with the theme of our youth movement uh, that we've seen, you gotta like these kids part two. Uh, the Giants have played 11 rookies so far this year, including six who made their debuts this season. Those are Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable, Casey Schmidt, Patrick Bailey, Andrew Walker, Tristan Beck, and your favorite, Brett Wisely. Yes. Brett, so the question, and uh, the question is, what is the franchise record for most rookies played in one season? 
And we're using uh, MLB's uh, definition of a rookie. So, you know, you have to have a certain number of at-bats and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't, don't make me go look it up. But basically, uh, what were rookie status. So they could have played last year, but they're still considered a rookie if they played this year. 40. 40. That's yeah, a good number. It, that's a good guess. 40, because that's how many men are on the 40-man uh, uh, roster. And that's how many you know, the Giants play everybody on the roster. Oh, they do. And then some. I mean, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, they had like, they played like 63 guys or something like yeah. that. Once yeah. Season, so. Yeah. This was the 1991 Giants did this. 40. All right. All right. We will see if Ben is, how, let's just, let's be honest. Let's see how bad Ben is wrong at the end of the episode. <laughs> what are you saying? It's not 40? And it wasn't <laughs> 1991? Saying you're a little off. <laughs> I mean... Uh. All right. Isn't it time for the booze, boys? Ah, yes, Bob. Yes, you're right. We are dragging a little bit. Yes, it's time to talk cocktails. What are you drinking, Ben? Uh, well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Um, I don't think I've said that for a while, and I really apologize. Um, Bob, this week I am drinking a homemade cocktail called the Bad Breakfast. Why is it called the Bad Breakfast? Because it's so good, folks. That's why. Um... If you want to hear the truth, you should go back to last Thursday's episode and have a listen uh, where I talk about um, all the trials and tribulations that I had while developing this cocktail. Um, there was much crying and gnashing of teeth. It's a real it was it was a real humdinger. Um, but I will let you all discover that yourselves. Instead, I will just tell you what's in it. One and a half ounces of gin, half an ounce of apricot brandy three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice and one bar spoon of apricot preserves or jam or, or whatever, whatever kind of jelly concoction it is that you got. You combine all of those ingredients into a shaker with ice. You shake for 10 to 12 seconds. You double strain into a coupe glass, garnish with a fresh apricot slice, and then you choke it down as best you can. The bad breakfast. Thank you, Bob. He's not even going to say that's a Daisy. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good restraint, Bob. Good restraint. <laughs> what are you drinking, Matthew? Well, I'd like to say that I'm redeeming Ben, but I'm I'm not really sure. Uh, my cocktail is a is a work. It, Let's just say it's a work in progress, okay? Uh, uh, and again, you go back and listen to Thursday's episode. You can hear Ben and I talk all about uh, the pros and cons of our cocktails. But mine is called the Elder Flores. And uh, it's a nod to our favorite bench warmer. Uh, and uh, yeah, so two ounces of gin, five to six mint leaves, three quarter ounces of elderflower liqueur, quarter ounce of simple syrup, one ounce of lime juice, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and a mint leaf for garnish. So you put all the things into a cocktail tin. Um, actually, you muddle the mint leaves and uh, the simple syrup uh, for a little bit, and then you add everything into a shaker with ice, give it a good shake for 10 to 12 seconds, double strain it into a chilled coupe glass, and garnish with the mint leaf. Uh, it is a, a nice cocktail. Still working out some of the ratios. I think it could be a little bit better. If you're going to make this at home, maybe dial back the gin a little bit and up the elderflower liqueur. But again, you know, uh, go back and listen to Thursday and we can, we can, you can hear us talk all about that. So that is what I'm drinking today. The Elder Flores for our good friend, Wilmer. Our good friend, Wilmer. Indeed. Um, well, Matthew... I think we've already talked about this quite a bit. We've been talking about it for weeks, about the 2023 Giants and their their vibe. Yeah, let's go with vibe. Since <laughs> since the Giants as an organization are so fond of that word, let's talk about the vibe of the 2023 Giants. Um, because I think this past week, was I think the most 2023 week so far. Like if there is a week of Giants baseball that epitomizes the season overall, it was the one that we just experienced. And why is that? Well, 
It's because they went into Colorado, a place that is historically difficult for most teams to play in, right? The Rockies, as bad as they are, are usually at least 500 in Colorado, right? And this is a really bad baseball team, right? They are historically bad almost every year. And, um, but nonetheless, they always seem to play 500 at home. Well, what do the Giants do? Well, the Giants do what they've been doing a lot recently in their past recent past history. They go into Colorado and they dominate, right? They easily win two games and then they steal a third game like it's no big deal. And you could almost feel it, right? That was the vibe. They were like, we're going to win this game. This is no big deal, right? And, uh, you know, they come in, they make they got all the clutch hits, they make the clutch plays. And then Camilo comes in and doesn't even really get into any trouble when he's closing down this, you know, closing down the wins. And uh, and you're just like, yeah, finally, the 2023 Giants are unleashed. Matthew's 91 juggernaut, 91 win juggernaut is finally showing itself. That's right. And then they come back to San Francisco a place where they have classically dominated. And they take on another not-so-great team in the Chicago Cubs. And they're facing, like, just old men on the mound. Hendricks and whatever. (laughs) And what happens? Well, they get absolutely embarrassed for two games uh, and are on the verge of being swept. They almost get no hit by Hendricks. Of all people. And and uh, and and you just like it just makes no sense, right? And then where are they at the end of the week? They're four and two for their week. They're thirty-three and thirty-two. They're mediocre. But it's the most up and down mediocre that you could imagine. They don't ever look mediocre. They look really good or they look really bad. It's hard work being average. Yeah. You know what? You're right, Bob. You're right. I bet it is hard work for them to be average like this. Well, I think you go back. I have to do the math, but at least 200 games. And we are one game over 500. Yeah. For those last 200 games. So yeah. that's that's pretty hard to do. It's <laughs> like 200 and uh, what? It's at 64, 65 games so far this year, 162 games last year. So, yeah, that's like 125 games, give or take, um, that they've been 500. And, yeah, that is hard to do, right? Yeah, to win exactly half of those games. Um, and, uh, yeah. Which, which makes it maddening, be- you know, as a Giants fan, because when you're average – you have weeks where you think this is it. We've turned the corner. This is it, like we did in, in in Colorado. And then you have other series where you're like, crap. Yep. This is the team that sucks. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, it's been uh, that kind of – it's for a um, year and a quarter, or year and a third, I guess, at this point. It's been uh, exactly that kind of uh, of team. And it's, it's maddening. Maddening, it is maddening, I tell you. Right, right. Well, so let me let me just I, I, okay call out a few things that really bothered me about this week. Okay. okay. Well, there was one game against the against the the Rockies, right? Where it felt like they were going to lose. They should have lost the game. In fact, felt like because they were getting their butts handed to them by a young pitcher who they'd never seen before. Hmm, that sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Because I think even Fleming mentioned it on the TV broadcast. And you and I have talked about this in the recent past, too. Like, what is it with the San Francisco Giants and their inability to knock around young pitchers? Because here's the thing, Matthew. Young pitchers aren't usually good. In fact, they usually suck. So why can't a team like the San Francisco Giants, full of veterans full of like with the most coaches in all of major league sports can't you know continue to get dominated by you know 17 year olds who've never pitched in the majors before my my only thought on on, well my only thought on that is that uh, with a team that relies so much on analytics 
Um, maybe there's nothing to analyze. So now you're left to just pure luck. I don't know. Pure luck. That's because that's all there is. There's either there's either computers well, okay, there's or luck. Skill, skill. I guess. Right, you know, right. But, like uh, everything, everything they did in baseball before the '90s just was just luck. Yeah, you, well, even in the in the old day, they had books on guys, right? They're literal books, <laughs> right. right? They had like uh, notebooks of of what he threw and when mm. he threw it and all mm. that. So analytics isn't a new thing, Ben. It's just you know, <laughs> right? You know, spin rates and all that might be new, right? But. but you know what they did have in those days, Matthew? They had these guys called scouts, and what they would do is they would like they would like go to the games and watch these guys play, right? Not just best, at the major league best, level best job ever yeah right and they would write down they were the ones who were writing those books right and then they would come back and they would say hey like this is how this guy pitches do the giants have bad scouts do the giants not have good coaches that can read scouting reports do the players just ignore the coaches when they say here's what to look for for this guy or yeah i mean I don't know. The cynic in me, Matthew, wants to say that this is bad scouting and bad coaching with zero evidence. <laughs> typical fan. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Typical fan. Typical Ben. Um, because the only other explanation is exactly what you just said. It's just it's just bad luck. And uh, I don't like that answer. <laughs> I don't I don't like bad luck being the answer. I mean, well, you know, it's maddening. Sometimes the the ball rolls down the hill one way, and sometimes <laughs> it rolls down well, another way. You would know, yeah, I you would, would know. <laughs> no matter you. what, though, you got to chase after it and push it right back up the hill, right? Yeah, because exactly. what other choice do you have? Hey, none, none, no choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So that's one thing that really annoyed me. Um, the other thing that really annoyed me was was Saturday, obviously. <laughs> on your birthday. On my birthday. They're getting no hit by by Methuselah. You know? I mean, I think this guy's literally the same age as Kevin Brown, the last guy to no hit the Giants on my birthday. In, you know, 26 years ago. And uh like how does this happen? How does a, how do guys like this just dominate this lineup? You know, and is that what's going on here? Do they come in with an approach and and like they have a game plan and they've seen so many things on the iPad that 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 when reality hits, like they don't know what to do? Are they in the dugout just going like stick to the game plan, boys? They probably are, aren't they? Yes. Uh, I mean, that you know, Kapler and Farhan make comments like they don't care if they strike out as long as they you know put in a good at bat and they make right. good swing decisions and all those kind of things right. and so must be nice you know, that's that they don't care really right must be nice to be in a results bi- resu- results oriented business and not care about results <laughs> <laughs> it's a process the uh, process is important ben right right but then you know and then of course you know the rookies the rookies disappeared for quite a big portion of the week. Uh, but luckily, during the early parts of the week, the veterans were were, were doing a lot of the lifting, which was really great to see. Um, and and then, of course, you know, then you come back to, to San Francisco and the veterans disappear and the rookies are still gone. And then you're just like, man, I feel so bad. It's my birthday. My sports team is letting me down, you know. Nothing's going my way. My life is almost as bad as my brother's. <laughs> Poor Sisyphus. <laughs> and then I realized, no, it's not. No. <laughs> You're going to Iceland in a week. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, but then and then boom, a, a day like today happens, and it's suddenly like you know. Uh, you know, Brandon right Crawford. back in it. That's right. Brandon Crawford is is throwing a, a you know a, is, is recording his first his first zero as a pitcher to end That's a game. Right. Brandon Crawford now has a zero ERA. Crazy, right? And uh, Jock Peterson getting you know, balls wet. Yeah, that's right. And and Tyro baseballs. You know. I should clarify. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Getting baseballs wet. Um, Sorry. Just pause for a moment. The the cocktail is definitely kicking in. I got to mute my microphone. (laughs) Oh, I don't even know what to do. Am I going to edit this out? No. I'm going to keep this part in. Okay, sorry, I had to let some things out there uh, that are not to be said on a family-oriented show. Um, that does beg the question, though, Matthew, just total tangents. Why do we make our show family-oriented when it's basically two old men drinking and talking about baseball? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just uh, we were excited early on that we weren't going to yeah, We just weren't going to do that. We didn't want to piss yeah. off the old apple gods. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And it's not like you and I are dropping F-bombs every other No, you know, that's true. We're, we're not uh, we're not F-bomb kind of guys. Um, but a few inappropriately and overdone innuendos every now and then doesn't hurt. Uh, all right. Maybe for season four we can revisit Right. All right. We'll revisit it. We'll revisit it. All right, everybody. Come back for season four. Um, uh, but yeah, like, so, I mean, I, I don't know whether this is fun or nauseating, Matthew, or is it both? <laughs> it's funziating. It's, it's funziating. I like that. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, that's why you go on a roller coaster, right? That should have been you... your word today. Funziating. <laughs> the funziating Matthew Henry. All right. It's well, funny. That's, that's yeah. why, you know, people go on roller coasters. They that's love true. the ups and the downs and you know, how you feel you feel a little sick afterwards and yeah. uh, but it was also the best time of your life. So That's right. That's right. Um well Matthew, you know somebody who's probably not enjoying the ups and the downs <laughs> and the uh backs and the forths. Um and yes. uh, the high points and the low points. Third best catcher in the organization, <laughs> Joey Bart. <laughs> uh, third best person who plays catcher in the organization. I might argue. I don't know that I want to go so far out on the limb as to call him the third best catcher. But yeah, so Joey Bart was injured, hurt his groin. And when he got injured, they called up Patrick Bailey. And Patrick Bailey didn't exactly set the world on fire, but he played very well. Hit some home runs, which Joey Bart has not done um, in a long time or ever consistently. And also, Patrick played a very, very good defensive catcher. Um, And Joey Bart is a good defensive catcher, but Patrick Bailey is better. And so Joey got better. His groin healed. They sent him on a rehab assignment. Where he had like, he was like two for 20 or something. He was two for 11. He was two for 11. (laughs) And let's just put it, three for 11 is like a good batting average. Two for 11 is not, right? So, oh, right. as if as if that was like right. just the but vacuum that, of his entire career. This whole event did not have to do with his rehab assignment. This is true. Uh, this is true. I mean, maybe if he hit 11 home runs, it might have made them think twice. But I think that's about what it would have had to happen. Right. Because the fact of the matter is, is that when Joey was eligible to come off the I.L., I think we all kind of knew he wasn't going to come back to the major league team. And it seems like I knew it. You knew it. Yeah. I don't know if everybody else knew. I kept seeing on social media, people were like, Joey Bart's going to come back and all that. And I was like, no, no, he's he's not. not. He's not. And barring injury, we may never see Joey Bart in a Giants uniform again. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So, so first of all, let's, let's both agree on one thing. Patrick Bailey right now is the best catcher in the Giants organization, right? Yes. He as is he is he is better than than Joey Bart defensively. He seems to be a very very good receiver. I mean it uh, to me it was really amazing the rapport that he had visibly had with Camilo Duvall, right? And I think Joey Bart has done a really good job with Camilo this season. And you could see it and how hard they were working together. But when Bailey and Duvall are there, it's like they're best of friends, right? Uh, super, super um, 
in tune with one another, right? right. Um, so Patrick Bailey is a guy that pitchers like throwing to. Um, and he can hit the ball and has done so consistently, unlike Joey Bart. So Patrick Bailey is the best catcher in the organization. However, I believe that Joey Bart is the second best catcher in the organization. Now you disagree. So please give me some bad reasons as to why you disagree. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, uh, Rule 5 Jeff D. Blake Sable. Oh, there it is. There it is. Comp- complicates things. Okay. <laughs> he does. Because I think we'd all be clear. If, it was, if Blake Sable was not a Rule 5 pick, uh, meaning he has to stay on the roster all year or be returned to wherever he came from, uh, then he would, uh, then this might have a different turn. Joey Bart might be the backup catcher, uh, for the San Francisco Giants, but that's not the case. And Sable has proven to this point that he is a very valuable player, uh, to hold on to. Yeah. And, and granted, He's not the smoothest catcher, right? I mean, but he's only, I mean, less than 100 games of catching before he he got to the big leagues. So forgive the guy a little bit. I forgive Uh, Blake Sable all. I do not forgive the Giants front office in this. Yeah, and I think there are moments where it's pretty glaring that uh, Blake Sable is, uh, you know, at times a liability behind the plate. Uh, but he's also versatile, right? And he plays the outfield. Uh, he gives you a left-handed uh, bat off of you know out of the catcher position. Uh, he could play DH. You know, so there uh, there are a lot of reasons why Blake Sable is more valuable than Joey Bart. Right. And and then you look at and I know small sample size, but if you look at the career numbers of Joey Bart and compare them to both Bailey and Sable, he is. The the out of the three, Joey Bart is the worst offensive player of those three uh, by many measures. OPS plus Joey Bart's career OPS plus is seventy eight. Means he's what twenty two percent below league average in OPS. You know Bailey in a short sample one twenty nine. Blake Sable uh, short sample size but larger than Bailey's is a one oh one. Okay, so he's you know just a smidge above uh, league average uh, offensively as a Rule Five guy who never played above Double A. You know, this is a guy that has a lot of upside, a lot of potential, and the Giants are not going to give up on him that easily. And Joey Bart has an option. And if you're just talking about backup catchers at this point, which we are, right. then Joey Bart being in Triple A is is the answer. Because yeah. Blake Sable gives you a lot more flexibility and, yes, a little bit less defensive, but he's only playing once every, you know, three or four games. It's not like he's out there all the time. Well, he is now, now that you have Bailey, right? right. The Giants wanted to run him out there a little bit more when they had Bart because they didn't believe in Joey Bart. Um, and so they ran Blake Sable out there more, you know, getting hit in the face by curveballs or not, right? Because they care yeah. they care more about offense than they do about defense. Um, but I will say this also, right? I mean, you can't like Blake Sable, you can't get rid of him, right? You can't just send him down to the minors. And well, right now, send Joey Bart to the minors. The <laughs> right. And, and, and you, and the only other position that you can play Sable in is the outfield and the outfield is full right now. But I do want to say one thing from Joey Bart's perspective and, and just being devil, devil's advocate in his favor, like, I totally agree that this is the right move on paper for the Giants, right? Like, they they need to keep him and hang on to him in case somebody gets hurt, right? Or in, in case somebody implodes, right? It's nice to have him there as insurance. Um, the Giants need and get value out of Joey Bart. For the sake of Joey Bart, he needs to get away from the San Francisco Giants two years ago, right? The San Francisco Giants are doing Joey Bart zero favors like he needs to get out of this organization for his own good as soon as possible because i believe he's one of the 30 best catchers in baseball okay okay 30 best but 
I mean, it's not like the Giants owed him any favors. He was a number two draft pick. There comes some high expectations with that, and and he hasn't lived up to them. And so, you know, he strikes out like 43% of the time. He hasn't hit a home run since early 2022. You know, there's just, he hasn't lived up to the hype. And so the Giants don't owe this guy anything. He, if he, you know, and doesn't matter, you know, who drafted him or where he was drafted. If he produced, he'd be playing. That's right. There you heard it, folks. Matthew can be cold-hearted, too. It's not just me, all right? (laughs) Like, I'm not the one who doesn't care about these guys. I mean, I don't, but Matthew doesn't either. Here you heard it. (laughs) I I, I care. I just, you know, I I also am acknowledging that this is a business and that this is, uh, you know, there's a lot on the line. And guys, if you don't perform, there's somebody else who can come in and take your spot. Right. Okay. Well, so 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 let me throw some different scenarios at you, though, Matthew. Okay. Because we we just talked about the fact that Sable, you know, he's a he's an outfielder and he's a catcher. And and I would argue that he's a better defensive outfielder than he is a defensive catcher. Right. He's just, you know, it's just because the Giants feel like they're so weak at catcher, which they're not. But they, but I don't know. Maybe it's like they, they're still trying to get over Buster Poser, Buster, Buster leaving them early. Um, you know, they they really, really want to have great offensive catchers, but Sable can play the outfield. If the Giants need an outfielder in the future, I would argue that the Giants should call up Joey Bart and have him be the backup catcher. And have Blake Sable be your outfield replacement instead of making me watch Brett wisely play another game at the major <laughs> league level. Okay, but you're looking you're you're looking at this from the wrong angle. Okay, I, I get what you're trying to say as far as you're strengthening maybe the backup catcher position, and if you're just going to have Sable play the the fifth outfielder. But really, the answer to this whole thing is Luis Matos, not Brett Wisely. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, okay, okay, wait. If an outfielder gets hurt, if cool. Brett, if if Luis Matos yes. does not be, is not the one that gets called up, and we see Brett Wisely in center field, I'm going to pick it outside Oracle yes. Park. Agreed. I'm, agreed. Agreed. I do okay. want to make one small stop though, because I do want to take another pot shot at Kapler and Farhan a little bit, because the one name we're not mentioning here is Bryce Johnson. And Bryce Johnson is the best defensive center fielder in the organization right now. With exception to a name that you just mentioned, perhaps. But Johnson is way better in center fielder than Brett center field than Brett Wisely. I don't know why. In 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 all, you know, spiritual beings' names that they were putting Brett Wisely in the outfield ever in favor of Bryce Johnson. That was incompetent. Because he hit two home runs in spring training. That's right. That is exactly it. He hit two, and they liked his vibe, which I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now, Matthew. They liked his hair. That's what it was. <laughs> it was his hair. That's He's the got reason a great salad, to, Ben. Come on. That's the reason we had to watch Brett Wisely play center field is because of his hair. All right, but anyway, you said the magic words. What needs to happen is you're correct. Joey Bart needs to stay in AAA. If there's an outfield spot, the next outfielder that comes up better be Luis Matos or we should all be outside the park picketing. And uh, and for that matter, where's Kyle Harrison? (laughs) Because, you know, like because quite honestly, because this this brings up a good question, because like I don't know. So so folks, if you haven't been paying attention, Mike, right last year, Luis Matos had a horrible year. He was mired in like single A and he was spent most of the season hurt, right? He hurt, he had a bad back, I believe. And it wasn't a good season, right? He missed a lot of it because he was injured. And when he was there, he wasn't playing very well. But towards the end of the season, he got healthy. He went to the Arizona Fall League, played there, did well there. And then this year, he has been on, on an absolute terror through the organization. I think they started him at AA. Um, and then recently he got promoted to AAA because he was just beaten up on AA players. And he has continued. I think he had a little bit of like maybe a few games where he had a little bit of an adjustment period at AAA. But ever since then, he has been an absolute monster. Uh, and And for all intents and purposes, like he looks ready now. 
And I don't know that he's too looks too much different. It's not much of a different situation than Patrick Bailey, except that he's 21 years old. <laughs> but you know what, folks? All of the great players, that's the age they came up at. Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, the overwhelming, like a, a whole ton of them turn out to be the greatest players you ever saw. And um, yeah, you know what? When your rookies are coming up and they're 27, not good. Well, let's 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 just paint the picture yeah. of Luis Matos a little bit more, right? So, started the season in Double A, had 115 at bats in 31 games, hit 304 with a 398 on base, 398 and a 443 on base. slugging, 443, uh, 443 slugging. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's had almost the same amount of bats uh, in Triple A now, 106 at bats. Uh, he's hitting 396. 434 on base and a 660 slugging. Wow. That's even uh, better. He's even so, better. And he is the youngest player, position player in the Pacific Coast League. I mean, if not now, why not? If not now, when? Right. Well, I mean, if not now, because we've got five guys that are kind of entrenched in the outfield right now. For the first time, our outfield's healthy. That's right. And uh, there isn't a spot. But there could be. <laughs> That's right. Who we got to get rid of, Matthew, to make room for Luis Matos? That's the question we're asking. That and is that's the, the question we got to answer right now. Who are we getting? And folks, it's are, are be we brutal. are we talking about the way too early trade conversation? We are. This is it. This is trade conversation. We're talking about we're talking about midseason trades for the first time. This is the way too early edition. Because we still have about seven weeks or so before right. uh, the trade deadline. Right. And the Giants, oh. the Giants, you know, people are still talking about the Giants maybe being sellers or buyers or whatever. And I'm just like, come on. Like, if they well, turn... Farhan went out and said last week that he's a buyer. Yeah, if... that he's a buyer. Right. And yeah. and if you're playing 500 baseball, you better be a buyer. Especially if you're claiming that you want to be competitive every year. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, if you slip too much far beyond that, then you should consider being a seller. But no matter what you do, you do not do what you did last year, which was nothing except for J.D. Davis, which turned out to be a lot more than nothing. But at the time, it looked like nothing. Because <laughs> you knew. That's right. Knew. That's right. At that time, that big that thing that turned out to be a big something was nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's get back Zaidi to this thinks trade. he's so smart, and then these things just prove that he is... It's annoying. I hate that. Don't you hate it's that? It's annoying. Oh my gosh, I hate it when they they actually look good in their job. <laughs> what are we gonna? What's Ben gonna complain about? All right. So so, but the question is still relevant. Where does Matos fit if he continues to tear it up? Farhan even said so much this week that if he continues to play like this, they're gonna have to they find have to a do spot something. for him. Yeah. If Farhan's gonna and go out there, so, and he's gonna kneecap somebody. So or let's talk about them, the five. Or trade them. That's probably a better. Yeah, right, right. Yes, that's probably yeah. better. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Tanya Harding yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff here. But, uh, but let's talk about the five outfielders, right? So you've got you got Yastrzemski, mm-hmm. Hanniger, mm-hmm. Conforto. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Slater mm-hmm. and Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jock, obviously, the DH doesn't play much out in the outfield. Sable is the one that kind of runs out there when they need another outfielder. Right. Uh, but let's say those five, okay. Out of those five, who are you getting rid of? You know, and you can't. It's easy to say, "Oh, just DFA Hanniger." That's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. They're mm-hmm. they're they're the guys that they owe another year on a contract. They're not just going to DFA them. Yep. They don't have any options, so it's not like you can send them to the minors. Yep. Uh, the only ones that actually do have uh, options, I believe, are Yaz and actually Slater. Now, see, I was about ready to just trade him, but Slater might have an option. But isn't there, isn't there I, like some other like stipulation that like your options kind of just they 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 expire because you have too many. There years is, of and don't don't ask me what. But he does technically have a son, so I don't know. That's but let's let's forget about that. Let's forget about the uh, the the option. Yeah, because the the bigger question is so Slater's role is a right hander. Who hits lefties? Yep. Who plays decent or a good center field and can play both corner outfield spots, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same skill set as Luis Matos. Yeah. 
And so in my mind, the guy that could be on the trading block as part of any package uh, as we head into the trade deadline is Austin Slater. Yeah. And he is very tradable. He is. He is elite. Because he's... he is an elite right-handed batter. In fact, last week, a couple weeks ago, uh, Clayton Kershaw was asked, what what batters does he hate to face the most? And he mentioned like Soto and, uh, you know, Machado. And then he mentions Austin Slater. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you look at the numbers, Austin Slater against left-handed pitching is an elite, elite player. And uh, there are a lot of teams that would covet a player like that, and including the Giants. I mean, they've, they've held on to him. They've, they've kept him in this role, right. even through his injuries. Uh, but if you're, if you're going to make spots for your future, your icon, Luis Matos, then Slater seems like the guy that would have to be on the way Well, up. and I think he's because, because he's also used to playing in that role and succeeding, right, as a pinch hitter, as, a, as not an everyday player, um, then, then he's proven that he can do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and just for those of you who, who are are wondering, like his OPS um, this year against and this is not OPS plus, but just OPS uh, against right handed hitting is 721, which is which is, is fine. That's that's decent. Right. His batting average is 294. His on base is 368. His slugging is 353. So so he's, he doesn't hit for as much power against right handed pitching, but he's he's fine. He's he's good against yeah, right handed pitching. Decent. Yeah. Against left handed pitching, he's hitting four thirty five with a four fifty eight on base percentage and a six oh nine slugging for a one thousand sixty seven OPS. Right? That is that that is that is all star numbers. Yeah. And 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 so that is a player who is eminently tradable. Um but at the same time, right, like that is a player who's hard to trade, right? So that's a really tough choice to make. But at the same time, this is a guy that you can trade for the one thing that this team really needs. Well, this team really needs two things. This team needs an all-star position player. But you're not going to get that midseason, folks, right? This <laughs> is not going to happen. The other thing this team needs is a starting pitcher. And I think that you could swing a deal with Slater to add starting pitcher depth, um, you know, and, and some other package, right? And, and the Giants have a little bit of leeway now to trade some, some prospects along with Slater to put together a package that could, that could maybe return a, a passable number four or number five starter, right? Uh, because that's where the Giants need help. Right. And Slater would have to be part of a package. I mean, he's, right. I think he's a free agent after right. this year, uh, so uh, you know, definitely some some minor league talent right. has to go go along right. with it. But uh, you're going to throw him in because you don't have a you don't mm-hmm. have a spot for him. Yeah. That being said, though, Matt, to bring up Matthew, to bring up Luis Matos, I will, I will, I will, I Mitch Haniger, yeah, in a heartbeat, gone. Uh, well, you would, you know, but they're not going to do that. I would definitely, I'd Blake Sable, whatever, go back to Pittsburgh. You know, hey, don't let the door <laughs> hit you on the way out, buddy. Or don't let the curveball hit you in the face. Um, uh, and you know what? Hey, I'm gonna, I'm, we, we just said it. We're all about business. We don't care about the players. What have you done for us? We don't care. Yaz, so, see ya. Damn. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Yeah, I don't mean that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean it. Mikey, don't leave us. <laughs> don't do it. I don't I, Mitch Hedegger, I don't care about the local boy. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what Jock oh. Peterson he's a stupid Dodger. Oh man, the bad breakfast really kicking in. All right. All right. Well, you mentioned another need, mm. uh, and and at the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, man, we got seven starting pitchers, and there's so much depth, and you can never have enough starting pitching. You can. You can. Turns out you can never have enough starting pitching. Or you then. can have too much. Yet, at the same time, not, not enough. enough. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We saw it happen. It's, it's, it's just one happened. of life's mysteries. It is a yeah. mystery. Yeah. Uh, so one solution, and, and it's funny because, uh, Cubs, uh, starter Marcus Stroman, who signed like a three-year contract with the Cubs before this year and the Giants were courting, uh, but, uh, you know, obviously signed with the Cubs instead, was really going out of his way to talk about how wonderful the Giants organization was this year <laughs> or this this just uh the to the media and uh the Giants definitely heard that Kapler even mentioned that he heard right. you know how, how all the nice things that Stroman oh, said 
So if somebody wants uh, to so be I, And Strowman also came out this week and said that the Cubs have refused to renegotiate his contract or to, to extend his contract or something. And so, and maybe he has an opt-out. I'm not sure clear on the all on what his contract is, but all signs are pointing to the fact that Marcus Stroman could be available. Mm-hmm. And, and he, if you're wondering if there is a pitcher out there that is in the mold that the Giants like, it is Marcus Stroman. Uh, you look up pitchers, starting pitchers who get uh, who have ground ball rates uh, that are at the top of the the league in ground ball rates, and you'll see guys like Logan Webb, you'll see guys like uh, Alex Cobb, and then you'll see you'll see uh, Marcus Stroman right at the top. Marcus Stroman and, has never had a bad year, and he's having a great yeah. year this year. And he's like five seven, which is awesome. <laughs> I love the fact that he's this little guy. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, I could, so in my books, Marcus Stroman is a candidate that needs to be pursued for this pitching. He wants to be here. Uh, the Giants were in on him during the offseason, and he fits the mold more than any guy out there of what the Giants like in a pitcher. So, on, uh, yeah, on baseball reference, they have this thing where they compare players to other players. The, 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 oh, right. the pitcher that compares to him career. the second most is Alex Cobb. So, yeah, <laughs> in the Giants mold, indeed. Uh, yeah, so I, so that that is a trade candidate that it would not shock me if the Giants pursued. Um, there are other names out there, but he's the one that I'd, I would really like to see. Right. You know who else might be good that you wouldn't have to trade for? Who's that? Oh, yes. Uh, Kyle Harrison? <laughs> Kyle Harrison, maybe. Uh, and... What and is going so, on there? Yeah. Like, what is going on there? They're, you know, they're overthinking it. Oh, uh, clearly, as they um, do. <laughs> they have all the answers, Ben. You just got to trust the, the process. Yeah, you know, they really don't, but really annoy you. Every now and then they, they have a J.D. Davis or, a, you know, whatever, and you're just like, or a Blake Sable, and you're just like, ugh, I guess they know some of what they're talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, Kyle Harrison. I mean, how awesome would that be? I would love to see the Giants make a charge for the playoffs with Bailey, um, um, uh, Schmidt and, uh, and Harrison and Matos and, you know. And Blake Sable. And, and Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable. Uh, yeah, that would be amazing, right? Because because even if they don't make it, right? Like, at least you know that you're like, yeah, we're going to come back and do it again next year and we're going to be better. I mean, that's Which, the kind of exciting team that I want to see, you know? And you know who else? You know who else would like to see that in an exciting team? Shohei Otani. <laughs> would he? So, I mean, I don't so know. That, that guy chose to go play for the Angels. I don't know what that well, you know, I'd like to think that he's 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 matured a little bit in his five years Man. since then. But uh, uh, I, yeah, if the Giants are going to have any shot at someone like Shohei Otani, though, they've got to prove that they're more than a 500 team, and these and that they have young talent right. that is going to grow. And so that could be a ancillary benefit to you know this youth push yeah. is that you're showing guys like Shohei Otani that this team is right. ready to compete. Right. Well. I'd like to see Kyle come up for good. I'd like to see Luis Matos at least maybe get a trial run. Um, and I'd like to see all of that happen in before the All-Star break, quite frankly. If that happens, you and I got to buy a ticket. We do. We do. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I mean, I'm going to be so I'm going to be going on vacation here, folks, and, and we're not exactly sure how and when we're going to record. We think we're going to hit our schedule, but we may not. But uh but uh, I'm going to be on the road. Uh, so I can't do it for those two weeks. But, yeah. I mean, if Carl Harrison comes up while I'm on my trip or around the time that I get back, yes, I will buy tickets to that game. You know, if it's in San Francisco. All right. All right. Well, we've been talking about these rookies. I think it's time to get to the trivia question. All right. Then. The trivia question. 40 in 1991. All right. So if you recall, the trivia question was the Giants have played 11 rookies so far this year. Uh, what is the franchise record for most rookies played in one season? And we would have to go all the way back to 2019 when we played 23 rookies that year. Out of those 23, 
three remain with the Giants. Yeah. Yaz, Logan Webb, and Tyler Rogers. That's right. Out of the remaining 20, only two others are actually do, having notable careers at this point in the majors, and that is Connor Joe and Doobie. Maurizio, Maurizio Dubon. Dubon. So uh, there was, you look at that 2019 games played thing, man, there's a lot of players with like five or six games. <laughs> man, they churned through guys. Oof. It was, uh, oh. I remember. Isn't it nice that we don't have that anymore? Uh, yes, yes. And that was, that was, well, that was Farhan's first year, right? It was. And so he was trying to, you know, add value at the back end of the, of yeah, the roster. Yeah, he was building out the entire organization on the fly. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and did a reasonably good job. Um, Agreed. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, you know, I mean, all he's got to do now is, you know, finish the deal by calling up the kids and, uh, you know, I know it's rolling the dice. I know it's rolling the dice and he doesn't, he's, he doesn't strike me as a gambler. Right, he's a guy who likes no. to always know, believe that he has the edge. Right? Yeah, he's counting cards. Yeah, yeah, but now he's just got to let he's just got to let the dice fly. You know? Oh, that's fun. That's fun. It's <laughs> it's always fun when the when the professional, uh, you know, not gambler who doesn't actually gamble is forced to just let let chance to just gamble. Yeah, to let chance just <laughs> do its thing. Oh, yeah, so much fun. Let's do it. Come on, Farhan. Let the dice fly, baby. <laughs> All right. So uh, looking ahead, though, to next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Thursday's episode, for happy hour, uh, what are you drinking? Well, I feel week? a little bit bad about my bad breakfast um, and uh, and the fact that uh, that we've never done a vodka cocktail. So, Matthew, I'm going to be dealing with both of those issues by presenting a Bloody Mary. All right. And I am bringing a modern classic to the show called Paper Plane. Mm. And uh, Paper Plane uh, is has, a, has Aperol and some other yummy stuff in it, and it's an excellent cocktail. So join us on Thursday to find out more about that. And meanwhile, the Giants are heading on the road for a week, mm-hmm. uh, starting with the lowly St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, talk about a disaster. Um, yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer fan base either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, oh. The, they're, the, they're the best fans in baseball. <laughs> Suck it. Um, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I think they're actually kind of, they, they, they kind of righted the ship a little bit, but they're just so far out of contention that it's, like, impossible. Um for them to to rectify things, but uh, yeah, we get to see some old familiar names like Goldschmidt and Arenado, and uh, we've already seen them once this season. So um, you know, hopefully the results are the same because we took three out of four of them last time. Right, and then we've got uh, well, then we head to Los Angeles for three games against the, sec- the Dodgers, the second place Dodgers. <laughs> The second place. Well, see, at the end of that series, who knows? Maybe we could be in second place. That's true. That's true. Or after that, they could be. We could be three further games behind the Dodgers. <laughs> see, and this right. is why the All listeners right. don't like me. This is. You're no fun, man. Right Come there. on. I heard it. <laughs> Let's think I, of the possibilities. I heard it. You know? I heard it. I heard it. You know, the night before Christmas and you're lying in bed and you're thinking about what Santa's going to bring you and you're all excited about all the toys and you're like, I'm going to get a lump it of It could coal. be. It could be coal. You know, I don't know. Maybe he knows something that I don't, right? So, you know, I just just keeping it real. It could happen. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, and see. we'll be back yeah. uh, next week to uh, right. see when how things go. I will be recording from... In Iceland. Yeah, I think I'll be in Vic. A tiny little... Nobody knows where that is. A tiny little That's town okay. just... on the south of uh, Iceland. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, folks, uh, thanks for for sticking around. Uh, don't forget uh, to follow us on social media at Giant Cocktails on Twitter and Instagram. 
And there's another one that I'm not even sure we're going to keep saying. But uh, all right, all right, Mastodon. If you're there, on the two people that are on Mastodon, we're still there. <laughs> and then uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done that already so you know when our show goes uh, go, gets published. And, uh, you know, be kind and rate us. You know, we actually have gotten a couple ratings in the last week or two. So thank you to those of you who have done that. Uh, the rest of you, what are you waiting for? Go and go and punch that five star button there on Apple Player, uh, please. Do it. That do would it. Be do a it. Now. Big help do it to us. And uh, I guess that wraps it up. Ben, uh, have a safe trip to Iceland, and uh, we'll see you next week uh, from from the land of the never setting sun or something like that. Right? I don't know if that's what they call themselves, but yes, the sun does not go down there during the summer. All right. All right. Well, it's been great chatting with you, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.